My name is Sandra from, <laughs> I know. Close, close. Right, close, I know. Better than I don't like Sandra's is Sonia's sign. Um, thank you for having me here tonight. Thank you to my friend, Joey, for inviting me. This is actually my first time speaking. So don't just pretend it's good, even if it's not. Um, I'm so, so grateful to be here tonight. Um, it took me a long time to feel comfortable in the rooms. And now I walk in and I really, I mean, I earned my seat. I did a lot of good work to get here. And I look at all your faces and um, there's so much comfort that I have now that I know if I need something, we all share something in common. And, um, you know, principles before personalities and just the, the basis of being here to support each other in this. Um, I have a bad memory. So there's a lot of my story that's just kind of coming becoming clearer. I feel like um, from a young age, I um, my interpretation of what was happening may have been different than reality. And I think I carried that through into later years, my perception of what was going on. So I'll try to be concise and get to some of the bigger points. Um, I grew up in Culver City in Los Angeles. Um, I have a single mom and three younger siblings sprinkled into my story. Um, my mom didn't always tell us the truth. Uh, I had a dad, which she didn't really fill in the blanks about that story until later. Um, I kind of found out what happened when I went to kindergarten with the paperwork they send you with and it said, dad deceased. And so I asked her, is my dad dead? And she said, no, it's just easier to write that for the school so they don't ask any questions. And that was kind of how my mom did it. You know, whatever was kind of easier for her. But for me, that there were a lot of questions that were not answered. And so I think from that early age, I was kind of on guard and always trying to figure out what was really going on. I was really smart. I was good in school. That, that served me well. Um, I was also parentified at a young age. So I took care of my siblings, which, you know, I didn't love. Um, you know, I don't have, uh, my mom wasn't a drinker. She still smokes Marlboro Reds and drinks probably 14 cups of coffee. So she's got that. Um, but I didn't see drinking in the house. Um, I had normal high school experimenting, went to my first party at 17 and drank tequila and got sick. Um, never thought about it. I, I had to take care of myself. I had to, I knew how to get to college, pay for college. I didn't really have the option of um, going off either way. I had friends who kind of could go either way. I kind of knew, you know, th that I had to go somewhere. So um, I went to college, paid for college, got out of college, always had a boyfriend. So that, you know, early on, I realized because my family life wasn't as stable. So people became something that I hung on to a lot. Um, and I was very okay with lying or manipulating because I grew up with that maybe, or because it just made it easier for me. I wanted you to like me. I wanted to feel safe. I wanted to please other people. Um, I wasn't confrontational. All these things um, were really me. If you imagine driving a car, I kind of threw everything in the backseat for a long time. Like, I'll just deal with that later. I'll deal with that later. If I didn't like my college, I left. If I didn't like my boyfriend, I left. Um, and I just kind of zigzagged through. I didn't even think about it deep enough to acknowledge maybe this is problematic. It wasn't really me. It was like everybody else. Um, so move on. I end up getting married. I have a child. We moved to Minnesota. My child is really hard colicky. 
it's just her personality. That was hard for me. I left my career. I was an art director for the studios and a producer. Um, and in between this time, I tried every drug and, and pill and everything. So there was no like Pollyanna, but the front of the house is still looking clean, right? I wasn't like falling down, but um, came back to LA, had the second baby, went to work, left work. We started a business. And at some point, my husband and I were just more business partners. And this is the beginning of problematic. Um, I fell, I hurt my neck. I started having anxiety attacks. I was prescribed Klonopin and Xanax. I did not use those as prescribed. I was in treatment within four months. Um, that was, you know, the delusion for me, like, it didn't really sink in what was happening. It was almost like an outer body experience. So much of this was outer body. I think there was always trying to, to feel content in my own space. And I, I wasn't feeling it. I tried with other people. I tried with other things. Um, and so wine became completely acceptable post panic attack, post treatment for pills. I wasn't on pills anymore and I wasn't an alcoholic. And the whole place was convinced too. They're like, she's not an alcoholic. She just was taking pills and she's a new mom. I'm like, yeah, exactly. My therapist said, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. So then I went back to drinking and, you know, what was so crazy is they say like AA in the brain, beer in the belly. I started drinking again. It lasted probably four to five months until it was problem drinking again. My body had developed that allergy. It changed. So when I started drinking, one drink wasn't good, two wasn't good. I wanted a bottle of wine. Like I wanted to feel it. I wanted to then pass out. Um, I wanted to take care of everything I had to in the day and then just drink until I could go to sleep. I couldn't deal with my marriage. Um, I couldn't deal with the business. I did not have the skills to deal with my emotions. And so that throwing everything into the backseat was just making me feel claustrophobic. And drinking was my solution. Um, I have been to treatment eight times. I went to one here. I thought it was a wellness treatment. It was not. Um, it was for eating disorders, which fine. That's why the mirrors were covered. Um, I've gone to treatment in LA. I've gone to the, I've gone to a mental hospital. Um, my husband, I pushed him one time. He called the police. I could have gone to jail, all of those things. And, you know, and in detox, it's sometimes it's, before COVID detox in these places were so not friendly. It was so, being institutionalized is scary. Being in a mental hospital with, you know, people that have really lost their minds, it was scary. Thank God I had cigarettes on me. And I did like that because I stopped smoking when I had kids. So every time I went to treatment, I was like, oh, hallelujah. I'm like I can smoke all day. Um, that was great. Um, but what happened with me, every time I went to treatment, I came back and I came back 100%. I put the show back on and I never really, I, I came into the rooms. I sat in the back. I kind of raised my hand. I didn't know how to relate to people. I didn't know why anybody wasn't talking to me. I make it a point to talk to newcomers. I'm a newcomer. I have six months tomorrow. Um, thank you. And I need all of you people, like I do know, I need it like I need my life. The last time I relapsed, I couldn't even walk. I drank, it's not pretty. There was alcohol, DoorDash was great. They delivered at 6 a.m. 5.40 was when things got like hairy for me. I would be waiting at the door. In a matter of two weeks, these poor deliveries, they would come to the door and 
every day it was just worse until like Gollum opened the door and like just put it down there and like shaking shaking dropping my son off at school and past before treatments and like shaking and the guy's like it's okay I'm like is it I physically was really bad when I went to um my mom said go to treatment go to treatment I couldn't I was so far gone I couldn't move I had to go to the hospital um I took my 80 year old mother with me to the hospital we went to Brotman it's not pretty it's not nice she was so upset you know people are coughing all around I'm like okay I'm in the hospital I'm gonna give her COVID um yelled at everybody there just for my Ativan. I mean, now I'm like, you know, I know exactly what to do. I want a banana bag. I want my Ativan. And they're like, oh Jesus, this one. Um, I went to treatment. Um, what it's like right now, I left treatment. I had the gift of desperation. I would not know what it feels like to cut my arm off unless it, you cut your arm off. What they read, the people who get it before they hit the bottom, that was not me. I needed to know it like I could know nothing else. I wanted to outthink it. I wanted the science behind it. I wanted there to be something else. Um, right now, I go to meetings every day. I saw my kids this weekend. For five months, they didn't want to spend the night with me. They didn't trust me. We're working on that. I'm working on a divorce with my husband and we're being friendly. Um, I have a relationship with my mom. I'm taking care of her. I go to meetings almost every day. I reach out to people. Um, I love Alcoholics Anonymous and I love that I finally have a solution. I believe that I'm an alcoholic and I know my spirituality exists when I'm able to live in a better way. I have to keep it clean. Otherwise it, it goes in the backseat and eventually it comes up. Um, thank you so much for letting me be here tonight and see all your faces. Congratulations to the chip takers and to all the birthdays. Thanks.